Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. You guys asked, we are delivering. You guys wanted pricing rules, and that's what we're going to be delivering to you on today's podcast. Sorry for the little wonky uh, start there. Julie, welcome to today's show. Yes, I think this is a very timely show. It's been a special request amongst our premier coaching clients and certainly a hot topic amongst our uh, elite members as well, something I think if they're not dealing with yet, it certainly is on the horizon. So pricing is one of the most important things to be great at, whether you're on the buyer side or the seller side. So I think this is going to be a good show. So before we get to the first point, something I want to point out to you. I was on a coaching call with Joe W. I won't say his last name. He's probably the number one agent in Reno. He's probably going to earn over $2 million in commission to himself. Not, I mean, that's his commission. And he has two assistants following our business model to the T, making incredible profit. So why am I telling you about Joe? Because Joe has got all-time number, high number of listings for him, almost 20 listings, almost 20 pendings. And so the question I had for Joe for his coaching call today, and the question I want to sort of, you know, give all this, give to you guys listening, is are you paying attention to your market? Whenever I hear someone say they have a lot of listings, I always am curious as to whether or not they're paying attention to whether or not the market's changing. Whenever you see two things happening in your marketplaces, appraisal problems and the numbers of the days in the market extending, even by a week, even by two weeks, that is a very, very early warning sign. Now, the market could shift back. The market could easily absorb, you know, all the things could bounce back. But I'm saying you need, as business owners, to be paying attention. Brokers, owners, office managers, you need to be looking at this data every single week. Break the MOS into uh, the, you know, all the listings. Break them into price segments whatever's appropriate for your market, and then pay attention to see if the days in the market is extending. I know it's almost impossible anymore to get an accurate uh, list to sell price ratio, but if you can get that information, that would be fantastic as well. What you will find, and the reason, well, how we know what's happening across the country, aside from being lucky enough to be coaching some of the top producing agents in virtually all the markets across the nation, all the, you know, I mean, we have so, we're so blessed with so many agents that are doing so extremely well. They've been clients of ours for so long, and they always tell us what's happening in their markets. But for the rest of you who don't have access to information at that level, what you need to be focusing on is the MLS numbers. You need to be focusing on what uh, direction the market is heading because that will make it so that you can prepare your agents or agents you can be prepared yourself for market shifts. Now, I'm going to give you a secondary sort of warning or just something that you need to be considering. Don't be too early telling the market that the market's slowing down. Do not be the canary in the coal mine. There's no benefit in having information, even if you're 100% accurate, that other people aren't ready to hear because that will work against you. So when you, go, when you know the market's slowing down, when you know the days in the market's ending, when you know other shifts are happening overall that maybe other people aren't uh, paying attention to, brokers aren't paying attention to, agents aren't paying attention to it, the news media isn't paying attention to it, but you're smart enough to pay attention and you know what's going on, the worst thing that you can do is start being the canary in the coal mine and start talking about it because that people will use that against you 
other agents will use that against you. Sellers who are considering listing won't want to believe you because they want to believe that, you know, obviously their house is continuing to be the Willy Wonka winning golden ticket. So they're not going to want to listen to you either. So you're going to have to be very careful if the market, if your market is transitioning. And I'll guarantee you that in every single market of all the hundred and I don't know, 18, 28, however many thousand of you are listening today, that you are going to see there's significant changes happening in different price segments. In some markets, it's the upper end. In some markets, it's the lower end. So just know what's happening. And then once you have that knowledge, the way I want you to approach sellers, because pretty much everywhere you're going to be, unless you're in like New York City and you're talking about properties or about four million, three and a half million, you're going to be probably not received very well if you tell the seller information about a changing market. They're not going to want to hear it. They're not going to trust you because every other agent they're telling is talking to and everything they're reading is telling them that, you know, they've won the lottery with their house for sale, right? You guys listening to me? So when you have information that other people don't have, even if you know you're right, you can, you have to be very careful on how you use it. So what I'm asking you to do is even if you think you're taking a listing over price in a market like this, take it. Uh, otherwise, you won't end up with listings. Don't try to be right with sellers. There's no point in it. But when you take something you think might be overpriced, let them know. Say, Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that you think your house is you know, worth X, even though the market's telling it might be worth this this much. And I understand why. The improvements you made to the house, you know, don't try to be right, listeners. You just basically, you know, repeat what the seller said. Look, be an optimistic about the product, about the house. And then say this, but Mr. Seller, let's agree that after two weeks or 10 showings, or if it's a more expensive house, you might want to say, you know, 30 days or 30 showings, or rather 30, whatever happens first, 30 showings or 30 days. In most upper end markets, it's going to be the 30 days, right? Unless you do a big open house. Whichever comes first, Mr. Seller, Here's what we're going to do. I, after 30 days or 30 showings or two weeks or 10 showings, which, you know, which is the normal way to say it, if we don't have a written verified offer on the property, we need to adjust the price accordingly so that we meet the expectations of the market. In other words, we need to basically meet the buyers where they see the uh, house as being worth. So when we come to that point, let's just you and I agree that we'll have a conversation about repositioning the house in the market. Agreed? Now, what did I not do in that script? I did not talk about price. I did not talk about lowering the price. I did not try to be right about the price. I let the seller have their win of pricing where they wanted to uh, price it. That's how you have to act in a transitioning market. And that's the reason that so many of you were asking Julie to do a special radio show on pricing rules. So stay focused as we go through these points. So Julie, before we get to point number one, I believe you had some uh, new book reviews you'd like to thank people for yeah, posting. Very quickly, because I think these are well-written and certainly much appreciated from us. Uh, this is from someone just called Amazon customer. Again, what are we talking about? The Harris Rules book, especially for you newer listeners who might not have purchased that yet. Just go to Amazon.com, and you can either download to your uh, device, or you can get the Audible version or good old-fashioned soft cover. So Harris Rules book, you just search that in Amazon. Here's an Amazon customer reviewing it. Uh, this customer writes, just licensed and signed on with an office. However, I've been listening to Tim and Julie's podcast for a few months. No brainer, just buy the book. I am early on in my career and already seeing what Tim and Julie say is truth. For example, at a class in my office, an agent in the business for 10 years says that he just isn't seeing how Zillow is working for him, given the amount of money he pays every year. He just dropped Zillow and is going back to, quote, the old way of doing things. If he would have been listening to Tim and Julie, he would have dropped Zillow a long time ago and saved a whole lot of time and money early on. Thanks for you. Thanks you two for insight early on. I'm reading your book and integrating into my life one step at a time. I'm planning on getting a coach here within the next few months. I'll reach out after I surpass my number. Okay. Then we have 
somebody who is in the business a bit longer who writes, this is from Lori R. I had reached a point in my real estate career where I was tired of trying to recreate the wheel. I had been doing okay, but I wanted to do better. I also felt I needed help with scripts, what to say and how to say it. So I became a premier coaching client of Tim and Julie Harris. This book shares a lot of what they teach you, but more importantly, it lays out your journey. The stuff they don't teach you when you take classes for your license Implement what you learn from this book. My favorite is Harris Rule Number 12, FOCUS, which stands for Follow One Course Until Successful. Thanks, Tim and Julie, for sharing your wealth of knowledge in a practical and tactical way. So just had to share those because we appreciate your reviews so very much. Back to you, Tim. Um, to the uh, reviewer that said he's waiting to join the coaching program, that doesn't really make any sense. You can join our coaching program with no money down. Uh, we have a, a, a finance company that we work with that guarantees 100% financing for all of our coaching programs, regardless of job history, credit, or anything else like that. There's no interest when the balance is paid full in six months. Um, you know, it, so really what I'm saying is there's no downside to joining the coaching program now and just paying it off in six months. That's what most people do. And then it's basic, it, what it didn't cost you anything. So just other than the cost of the coaching program. So look, you are right now, listeners, what, in late spring, and you're wondering what you're going to be doing. You're wondering how you're going to build momentum. You're wondering how you're going to, you know, why not just join the coaching program? Why would you struggle? Why would you procrastinate it? Why would you put it off? It doesn't make any sense. We've removed intentionally all the reasons why you guys have in the past used uh, not to join coaching, can't afford it, don't have the money. Those were the obvious ones, though those were very rarely true. But the other ones really were at the heart of the reason why you, some people, you know, they resist is because they're just not committed to their business. And that they know a coach is going to pretty much root that out and make them commit. So if you're finding yourself on the fence, considering how easy we've made this for all of you to join the coaching program, you've got to really ask yourself why it is that you are resisting something that pretty much has been proven uh, to work in all price ranges and all markets to significantly help folks in their in their real estate practices. Guys, listen, 300 five-star reviews on Amazon. You know, there's I don't even know how many videos there are, video testimonials floating around out there on our website, whatnot. The program works, and we've removed all barriers to entry. So there you go. Look, guys, if you want a free coaching call to learn more about the program, if you want to speak with one of our new member coaches, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Just by requesting a free coaching call, we're going to give you six books, one of which, you know, I mean, frankly, it's one of our favorite books that we've ever written, we've written six of them, is uh, The Real Estate Treasure Map. Because The Real Estate Treasure Map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan, literally walks you through, you know, the whole process of setting goals and creating action plans for each goal. It's pretty awesome. So, Yes, go and get uh, request your free coaching call, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we'll give you those six books just by requesting the coaching calls. And I believe that we're able to accommodate uh, free coaching calls now pretty much same day, if not the following day. So just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Okay, Ms. Harris, point number one. All right, you got it. So first we're going to lay out three secrets for you. Secret number one. A great seller pre-qualification script pulls out critical facts so you can be best prepared to not just take the listing, but to also price it right in the first place. Not pre-qualifying is unprofessional and can waste your time and theirs. Always pre-qualify 100% of the time. Price it to sell, not to sit. If somebody's not ready for that, you may have to change the strategy drill down a little bit deeper, but you need to always be pre-qualifying. What is their time frame and what is their motivation? Secret number two, the best price reduction conversation is indeed the one you never have to do. All pricing scripts are best used at the listing table in the first place. 
like the one that Tim just walked you through. Uh, secret number three, don't lose the listing of a motivated have-to-sell seller over price. If they have to sell, you have to take the listing. Someone is going to make a commission. Shouldn't it be you? So here's a little bonus secret to drill this point home, and maybe you can post this on your wipe-off boards. Proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor pricing. Proper previous planning, that means you have to know more about the seller and their situation. So I put this in the format called don't go, meaning to the listing presentation, unless you know, to help you guys remember this. Don't go unless you know, point number one, what the seller wants, needs, or thinks it's worth. What the seller wants, needs, or thinks it's worth. Pricing it right in the first place prevents future price reduction drama. Even if they're thinking it's worth more than the comps, not that that ever happens, right? Just pretty much every time. You need to know by how much and how they arrived at, quote, their price before you arrive at the appointment. So here's your script. Now, I want to stop right here, Tim, because sometimes the more nervous or weaker listing agents will use the fact that, okay, they did the pre-qual script and they asked that question, and gosh, the seller's $20,000 over what their comps say, and they'll back out of the appointment which if the seller's not really motivated or they're combative, maybe that's the right move, but most times you just need to drill down deeper. So here's your script. When they tell you a price that's over your price, that's interesting, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. How did you arrive at that price? And you have to watch your tonality. You don't want to say, how'd you arrive at that price, right? How did you arrive at that price? Remember, it's not their job to price their home. It's your job to help them have a pricing strategy. Many times when we ask this, Tim, I'm sure you'll remember this all the time, they would say, well, it was appraised two years ago. I've got a copy of the appraisal. Maybe the market was different. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe the appraisal is okay. Uh, many times they'll say, well, my neighbor's house just sold for 650 and gosh, my house is so much nicer than theirs. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But you've got to find out where they are in their head. Does that make sense, Tim? It does. And guys, look, we've made it easy for you. Just follow the script, right? Follow the mm -hmm. seller pre-qualification script. Just use the questions we've written sure. down for you in the order in which you've written. But Julie just said something else. It goes back to the original point I was making. Don't lose a listing over price. In other words, don't, if you have to take it over price in a market, in, in this market, really, take it over price. Just be super honest with the seller and letting them know what's going on with the market and just tell them two weeks or 10 showings or, or adjust accordingly. But remember what I said, guys, don't lose it over price. I do not want to read on our private Facebook page or get a single email from any of you bragging about how you told a seller no because of the fact that you wouldn't take it over price. When you guys say stuff like that, you've got to realize the insanity of it. It's just silly. So don't do it. <laughs> Julie, next That's point. Right. Okay, and it's because they skip steps and they, you know, they're, they're not being as careful. So here's another secret related to this. Sellers overprice out of either ignorance or arrogance. Ignorance is when they just don't know how to price a home. Like things like square footage matters. They have one or more less or additional bedrooms than the comp they've got in their head. Bathrooms, views, condition. Arrogance is when they won't listen to comps and they have reasons other than real value to try and justify their price. Like just because they say so, they think it's worth that. That's different. Nine times out of 10, it's ignorance. It's not their job. You're there to help them get on the right path. So just be aware of that. Point number two, the average days on the market. So this is in your don't know if you don't, don't go if you don't know list. Number two, 
average days on the market for properties like your subject property. This helps set both your expectations and the homeowners. So many of you who are starting to experience a transitioning market are having panic attacks if it's not sold in seven days. Because up till now, it's been fast and furious for you, multiple offers, you know, put it on Thursday, have an open house on the weekend, entertain offers on Monday. And you're freaking out because it's taking two weekends with not multiple offers. Well, maybe if you look at the average days on the market for that subject property, that's been happening for maybe two weeks to 30 days, maybe 45 days. The average days on the market has been creeping up and you haven't paid attention. Here's the danger. If the average days on the market is now 30, but you set the seller's expectation that it would be gone instantaneously, now you've set yourself up for a combative relationship with that seller because you didn't do what you promised. You have to know what the trend is on the average days on the market. Is it going up, down, or staying the same? Anything you want to add to that, Tim? I'm being a little analytical here, but I think it matters. Price no, we, we drilled down on this enough. We talk, but, you know, I remember, Julie, uh, having the horrible pain of having to take MLS classes to learn how to use the MLS, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But the, you, you ended up basically taking an MLS class. And I remember that the MLS class gave you a, a deep dive education and it had a deep dive into the MLS. And that gave us a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Some of you guys have no clue how to use the MLS and you basically become dependent on using these programs that do CMAs for you, like cloud CMA. You really got to learn how to get in and, and go after the data yourself because that's how you really become somebody who's smart, who knows the market. You cannot be successful selling anything unless you master the product in which you have to sell. In your case, it's houses. It's your case. It's the market. These are the types of things that once you know them, they give you confidence. Julie, what is it? Uh, ignorance equals fear. What knowledge equals? No, knowledge number? equals confidence. Yeah, knowledge yeah. equals confidence. So, ignorance equals fear. And that plays into when you guys bail on half of a prequal script when you find out the seller's a little bit too high. That is ignorance, okay? That's freaking you out, and so you're making decisions that might not be the best. When you have the knowledge, then you can help counsel the seller and you can have better quality conversations. So related to this, and Tim, you make a great point about knowing your MLS. The MLS is so much more uh, in-depth than most agents use. You guys use it to search and set up drip campaigns, not to pull out this pricing intel that's going to help you escape price reduction scripts or at least give the right expectations to the seller. So things like number three, you should know the list to sell price ratio. What is that? That's the difference between the list price and what houses that are comparables for yours are actually selling for, list price versus the sold price. This helps you combat what the sellers often say, price it high and let them negotiate. Or it helps you know if you can price it right on the mark and expect to get maybe, in some cases, slightly more. If your list to sell price ratio on your subject property is 102% for all of your comps, that shows that buyers are willing to compete and go over a list, assuming that it's at the correct list price in the first place. Okay? If you have an average list to sell price ratio of 94%, and the, generally the higher the price, the lower the list to sell price ratio is, generally speaking, that tells you there's a wiggle room of maybe 4 to 6%. So maybe you do price it in that margin, but not knowing, okay, that's the ignorance factor that causes you to freak out and maybe not give the seller the right advice. Point number four, know the number of homes competing with your subject property. What are you up against? How would it compare in the eyes of the buyer? Okay, so how you price a home when it's the only thing available in that school district in that price range, 
or in that hot condo building, it's the only thing. And everybody loves to live there. The thing hardly ever sells. That's very different than trying to compete with 40 model matches in a giant, vast neighborhood where the one with the, mo the best finishes for the least price absolutely will be the next one to sell. You have to know what you're up against. So here's the secret to help you with some of this. Next time you have to do continuing education, even though it is a bit mind-numbingly boring, <laughs> add, take an appraisal class. It's going to help you become a more confident pricer. It will show you how to look at each subject property in several different ways to get the most accurate pricing. You have to do continuing ed anyway. So if you can take an MLS class, you can take an appraisal class and get that continuing ed out of the way, it will make you better at this. Make sense, Tim? I'm going kind of fast here. No, no, keep going. It's good stuff. And guys, this is going to, obviously, if you want to real drill down, there's Julie's scripts and everything else. They're waiting for you um, on Premier Coaching. This is an overview, but these are good rules for office managers and, you know, team leaders and whatever you guys want to call yourselves to follow when you are wondering why your listings aren't selling. <laughs> Julie? Yes, indeed. Point number five, don't go if you don't know. Is there new construction in the area that competes with your potential resale listing? or even with your own, say you listed a builder's house, do you have new construction to deal with? Remember when builders provide in-house financing, they often can sell a more expensive home for the same payment as your resale. So you have to know who's building what where in what price range and what are the incentives. So a secret, for example, a resale home for 350 grand might be competing with new construction as high as 500,000 if the builder has buy-downs and in-house financing with incentives know what's going on with new construction, you're going to have to beat it in some way. Okay, it absolutely matters. That comes out a lot in the premier coaching class when I ask, you know, these guys have properties that are not selling quickly. And sometimes we discover it's because there's new construction, you know, three streets away that's absolutely killing them. So you have to know about this. Point number six, don't go if you don't know what the seller's time frame is. Ideally, when does this need to sell and close by? One of our Hawaii clients, Tim, had a great question. He, was, he has a beautiful listing on a golf course. Somebody he met, I think, golfing himself, so a center of influence type contact. And, you know, it's a beautiful home, but it's not selling right away. And I had asked him, you know, how is your relationship with the seller? He said, well, the seller doesn't really care. It's one of several homes, and, you know, he's not really getting any pressure from the seller. And yet he was feeling really crunched to get this gone, which, you know, is good accountability. But if the seller's not telling you you've got to get it gone yesterday, you know, that's perhaps a different strategy. Obviously, it probably has a price issue. But you have to know what the seller expects, what's right for them. Oftentimes, sellers will overprice because they're building something or there's some other factor where they don't actually want it to sell right away. I remember, Tim, you and I have had some really weird conversations when we did sell it right away, and it freaked them out. <laughs> it's like this crazy game that we play with pricing and selling things within their time frame or not. So I just had that weird memory flashback. I know what you're talking about, but they, these guys, we don't need to subject them to our, no, okay. our real estate store. They yeah, don't need to hear about our real estate, real estate stores. I know. Exactly. They've got their own. They'll, have to, so, uh, they'll develop their own. Yes. yes. Now, here's another secret, the flip side to this. If the seller doesn't actually have a time frame, you might have a problem. The less motivated they are, the higher they may wish to price it. Recipe for a potentially rough or tough relationship. All things you've got to think about and talk about with them. 
Point number seven, what is motivating the sale? When you know why they want to slash have to move, you can use this to stay on task during the appointment, referring to their needs and making it more about them than about you. So we can accomplish your time frame goals and we can get you there on time. We need to be a bit more aggressive with our pricing strategy when they actually have big motivation. Okay, so it's easier to highlight what they need and you can deliver on that. Not knowing what they need or by when is a handicap to your relationship because you'll either make up stories or you'll just not know how to deliver their expectations. Thus, we have the seller prequalification script, which saves you from all these problems. Point number eight, don't go if you don't know, are they listing and buying or just listing? Is there a referral needed for where they're moving to? Are they already in contract on something? This relates to their motivation and also your potential commission. Are they going to buy with you as well? Point number nine, what happens if it doesn't sell or if they don't get their price? Is keeping the house an option? That's a really important question when you're dealing with somebody that might have wishy-washy motivation. What happens if they don't get their price? Are they thinking about keeping it as a rental? Are they thinking about being a for sale by owner? What happens? And point number 10, how did they happen to call you? Track your sources of business. Use your whiteboard to track where you got this appointment from. So those are our 10 basic pricing rules with a lot of different secrets embedded in there and some scripts. Best thing that you can do to avoid these pitfalls, as we said before, use your seller pre-qualification script. So if you are a podcast listener who is also a Premier Coaching member, that's pretty easy. All you have to do is use your website and search for it with the search bar. It's right there under scripts. Print it out. Use it every single time. We also, of course, have a buyer prequalification script. You should have both at the ready. Maybe the next listing lead you're about to call is also going to buy. So have both scripts ready to rumble, and then you can better counsel your prospects. Back to you, Tim. So, guys, that's the bottom line. If you just do things consistently – as in follow a script, follow a same you know schedule every single day. This all comes back to a lot of you long-time listeners know what I'm about to say. Doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. I had six private coaching calls, elite coaching clients um, today, calls with them, and every single one of them are they're in it. In other words, they're basically in the business, deep listings, focusing on making money, the whole thing. A lot of you, for the first time, are going to start building momentum in your business, and it's going to feel uncomfortable because things are going to start to feel a little bit easy. They're going to start feeling like, well, you know what, this, these listings are, the prospecting, everything's sort of flowing. I want you to realize that when you experience a feeling like that, it's because you're benefiting from the work that you did 90 days ago, six months from now, or six months ago. In other words, the past version of you worked so that the current version of you could have the benefit of it, Right. Is not the way it worked? I mean, if you think about it, very rarely does something just fall in your lap. You had to earn it. So at some point, it's, you know, maybe it was last month, maybe it was last year, you did work that generated that business for you now. And the reason I'm mentioning all this to you is because I know many of you are having your best springs ever. Many of you are experiencing more success than you've ever experienced before, more opportunities than you've ever had before. But it's critical that you remember that you have to stay drilled down and continue to do the things you really don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level in your business. That way that, you know, you six months from now, around the end of the year, is going to be celebrating the fact that you're having your best year ever and that you're going to be thanking that you of today for having done what, you know, he or she didn't want to do when they didn't want to do it at the highest level. So just remember, guys, in real estate, there is a long initial contact to paycheck cycle. And it could be a year. Sometimes it's 90 to 120 days. 
that is a huge epiphany for some of you who are trying to understand why it is that you have ups and downs in your income. It's because you have ups and downs in your the amount of work that you put in. You get busy, you stop doing the things you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do them at the highest level, and you just service the business you have. That business closes, then you're basically out of deals again. You're listless, and then you're the whole cycle. You, you know, it repeats itself, and you never really get any. You never get ahead because the lean months basically are you know using all the money you've saved from the the plentiful months. Why not have a great month every month? Real estate doesn't have to be up up and down. That's where coaching comes in. So listen, guys, if there's ever anything we can do for you, please feel free to email me directly, Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. And we love show suggestions. We love um, suggestions for folks we should interview. Anything and anyone, um, any topic that you think would be beneficial to this huge audience of podcast listeners, we are always welcoming ideas. Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. Remember, there's thousands of shows, of past shows waiting for you over on iTunes. If you're on the Android device, you can listen on Stitcher. Or, of course, you can just pop over to our site, timandjulieharris.com, and just click a player button. All the past podcasts are there. If you need us for anything, Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. You guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.